everyone. Welcome to this edition of Solar Speaks. I'm Stephen Bashong, Associate Editor at Solar Power World Magazine. On the line today, we have Rich Cooper, President and CEO of ProTech Energy Solutions. Thank you for being here today, Rich. Thank you, Stephen. My pleasure. So maybe you could begin just by uh, introducing yourself and uh, ProTech. Yes, well, thank you. As you mentioned, uh, I am uh, President and CEO of ProTech Energy Solutions. ProTech is a energy services company uh, dedicated to uh, uh, developing, engineering, and constructing commercial, industrial, and utility-scale solar on the East Coast. Our markets are predominantly Florida to Massachusetts, and we have been doing so since 2008. We have over 126 projects with over 100 megawatts under our belt, and we continue to grow at a rapid pace every year with uh, the exciting new markets opening up here on the East Coast. So we're here to uh, talk today about extreme site conditions from coast to coast. I know uh, installation companies encounter these types of conditions when they're installing a solar array. Could you tell us a little bit about what you consider an extreme site condition? Sure. I think one of the things that's uh, somewhat unique about uh, the East Coast solar is that we very rarely have the opportunity to to take over a large, flat desert environment. Um, on the West Coast in these larger projects, one of the main aspects that they are concerned about is mostly dust control on those sites. We tend to get sites with very, very much t- topography changes. They're heavily wooded. They may be on the side of a mountain, and therefore it requires us to do a tremendous amount of work in order to prepare the facility or site to accept the solar array. On the side of a mountain, uh, that that sounds like a lot of work. What would go into installing on the side of a mountain? Well, oftentimes what we have to do is large civil engineering uh, uh, work prior to actually entering the job site or beginning the construction of the solar array. So there may be tree clearing, there's going to have to be access roads built, there's going to be a lot of earth being moved to get the site to a, um, to a, uh, a workable uh, condition that can accept the racking and the design of the solar array. So if we have too much of an incline, if, if the topography changes too much, we have to flatten that out. So we'll be cutting earth, we'll be filling earth, uh, we'll be grading sites to our first post into one of the ground mounts. We also have a magazine here uh, dedicated to wind power, wind power engineering and development. And a lot, oftentimes you, you build a turbine on the top of a ridge. So you have to do a lot of the same kind of work. What's amazing is that, uh, you know, the cost for solar is coming down enough that all of that work, you know, it's still pencils. It still makes financial sense for that to to happen. It does. And we're often seeing in, in certain instances, particularly in the New England markets, where we have much more difficult geotechnical environments up there. But we're, we're seeing the civil works that, that are, are ranging in 10 to 15 cents a watt uh, as part of the cost of a solar system up there. But they're, they're actually able to work because there's the certainty of the SREC programs in Massachusetts. So even though they are larger scale projects, the larger cost is able to be absorbed or diluted over the cost on a per watt basis and make those projects actually pencil out. Excellent. So uh, what difficult projects has uh, ProTech been involved in recently? Well, we've had some real unique ones uh, recently. We, we did a project at Endicott College. Uh, was a, a large one megawatt carport system. Uh, where we actually had to blast granite in order to get our footings in the ground. Now, that's generally something when I talk to my friends on the West Coast, they, they scratch their head and say, you're, you're blasting rock, we don't get it. Well, the, uh, the you know, realities of the East Coast is we have ledge and we have rock, and, and when we're trying to get our footings and foundations in those, 
you can't just uh, drill or excavate those. We have to go to some more drastic means for projects like that. We've actually built in the side of a mountain where we had to cut the mountaintop down and regrade it in order to and, and put a road infrastructure up to it in order to build the solar arrays that were comprised of five different arrays virtually on top of that mountain. So we end up dealing with uh, site conditions that are sometimes less than optimal. Um, every once in a while you show up, uh, Stephen, and you scratch your head and you say, we're going to be putting solar where? I, this, is, this is crazy, but... Um, but it does work, and, it, and it's just a matter of knowing how to, how to approach those projects in a, in a meaningful way to get that work done uh, that can fit into the budgets. I assume you, uh, you're not, you're not uh, blowing up the rock yourself. You're contracting with other companies. How do you, how do you decide who to partner with? And well, well, that's a great question. You know, early on, we used to subcontract most of our, our civil work <clears throat> as part of these projects. And um, we, we recognized very quickly that as competition was coming into the markets, as our clients were demanding you know, or, or needed lower pricing in order to, to do, open up larger scales of their portfolio, that we needed to, to uh, really have find our solution to make this work happen more effectively. So at ProTech, we decided to start our own civil division. We own all of our own civil equipment. We have our own civil operators. So most of the earth moving, the trenching, the forming of pads, the tree removal, we do all that in-house these days. And it's made for a very efficient process in building solar. When it comes to specialized trades, uh, blasting, obviously, uh, is something that uh, we're, we're going to find a partner uh, in that marketplace that has a long-standing history of safety and expertise around that field. Incredible. I also have a, a note here that you had an interesting installation on Whole Foods. Can you tell us about that? Yes, Whole Foods was an interesting one. It was in uh, Brooklyn, New York. It was a brand new facility being built from the ground up. As you can imagine, there's not a lot of room to work in, in an environment uh, when you're coming up out of the ground in an urban location. You couple that with the site being built and trying to be opened on time, while we're building carports in the parking lot, it made for very, very uh, uh, difficult and challenging site conditions. How did you deal with that? Uh, lots of planning and coordination. Um, you can't just bring product to the site. There's really nowhere to have laydown areas to stack all of your product on site and then, and then you know, go in and, and, and take that product on an as-need basis. We had to really work logistically to bring product to the job site in a, in a way such that it wouldn't be in the way of the other con construction going on and more importantly wouldn't get damaged or stolen uh, while it was sitting on the site. Do you have a person who is a, uh, who's a project manager at your company who handles all of these logistics? We do. We actually have project managers who are very adept at that and we're on site all the time. But <clears throat> uniquely enough, our chief financial officer, Paul Schust, is a, uh, uh, a real wonder when it comes to logistics. He handles all the logistics and, and warehousing uh, aspects of our company and does a fantastic job with that. So we do have dedicated personnel to do that. Um, it allows us product deliveries and when uh, the timing of items arriving to the job site as opposed to just being surprised one day when a large shipment comes up. You can imagine Whole Foods aren't that big of a property uh, and when you're putting up a large carport in there, you're consuming a large amount of the a parking lot itself. There are other contractors working there, so it becomes quite a, a planning uh, session. So there are things you can control uh, when you're installing a solar array, logistics, planning, uh, and then there are things you cannot, such as the weather. And uh, <laughs> Solar Power World is actually based in Cleveland, so we know all about the inclement weather you can experience in, on the East Coast. 
Um, how, how do you deal with inclement weather and installation and timelines and, and workers? I mean, I mean, it's just a mess, right? It, it can, it can be. And I think every year, you know, we keep saying, you know, it, it, we can't have another winter like last year. And then gosh, we had this year, right? So this previous winter was very challenging, particularly in Massachusetts where we had, you know, four to six to seven feet of snow on the ground routinely and for protracted periods of time. So it made it very challenging to meet a lot of the deadlines that were required for these projects. Fortunately, a lot of that ends up being pushed into somewhat more of a force majeure category, which is Mother Nature, and we can't necessarily control that. But planning and building projects in the Northeast particularly requires a, a, a keen understanding from all parties as to what we may face from the weather. Uh, winter months, uh, even when there's no snow, when it's cold out, production uh, on the job site just isn't what it would be on a spring or fall day. People's hands get cold, their feet get cold. Um, it, you, you can't get the same output from your workers at that time on site. So we have to just kind of budget that into kind of the ebb and flow of the construction cycles in the East Coast here. How do you present that need to clients. I mean, my job is to help contractors across the country, you know, do their grow their businesses, do their jobs better. How do you present that to clients? I, I mean, I, I assume they're not all completely understanding of the fact that you're working outdoors and or maybe they are. I don't know. Well, not everybody. Stephen. I would love to tell you that they all kind of nod their head and say, yes, we understand. Not everybody is. I think the, the challenge is to put together a realistic timeline project timeline for the job and that comes into the pre-construction aspect of all solar projects where we do all that planning and all the timelining uh, with the client ahead of time and yes there's pushback from time to time but why do you think this project's going to take 16 weeks it should take 12 weeks and we say well listen we we're gonna, we know historically that we're going to have inclement weather, we're going to have heavy rains in the fall or in the spring, and we're going to have snow in the wintertime, or we're going to have frozen ground conditions that make it very difficult to, you know, you can't backfill and compact a trench with frozen soil. So we have to just take into consideration these things. Our job in many cases is to, is to explain to our clients the realities of building in, in, the, in the Northeast and, and help them understand why it's important and why these site conditions and why the weather conditions will matter and how they'll impact the schedule. Have you experienced any other conditions that have held up projects uh, beyond the, I guess, ordinary of snow, wind, rain, sleet, hail, something else? Well, we have you know some uniqueness here uh, across the country, but in, in the Northeast particularly, we have endangered species uh, that, that might be a stall project if endangered species are located or identified uh, within the project territory. Uh, we have the turtles up in Massachusetts that are uh, an endangered and protected species, so we have to bring dogs on site and, and to sniff for the turtles, actually and find them and actually relocate them. Uh, we have had... Uh, instances where there was the uh, permits were held up in the townships because there was the potential for an Indian burial ground on the site. Potential. I might wow. add somebody found a, an arrowhead by a stream bed. So um, there are things like that that tend to um, hold jobs up, but I don't know that they're necessarily uh, unique to the East Coast. I think we find those across the country. Um, but here on the East Coast, it's, it's the greatest challenge for us oftentimes on a solar project is the site conditions themselves. You know, we're, we're, we're filling in a lot of soil on sites where uh, we just did a very large, a 10 megawatt project for a utility where we had to, to fill two very large ponds um, and stabilize the ponds and then fill them in as part of the array. So there was a tremendous amount of earth uh, brought onto the site. 
uh, compaction of, of every lift of swill that was put in. Um, it, it, it takes time and, and, and planning to get that sort of work done. What a scale project is ProTech Energy Solutions generally responsible for? Well, we typically focus on projects that range up to about 20 megawatts in size. Um, our, our real kind of sweet spot here tends to be between 1 and 10 megawatts. Uh, we will drift downstream for an existing client to do something a little smaller from time to time, but really not below a half a megawatt. On the same token, I don't think we would want to bite off a 100 megawatt project somewhere. It's just not really what we do. Um, we've been asked many times about uh, you know, growing and, and, and contemplating going to the West Coast, and our, our philosophy at this point in time has been to stay stay local here on the East Coast. We know the markets. We know the labor markets. We know the site conditions that we're going to be working on uh, in most cases, and, and it's really been a, a benefit for us to, to not try to go and become bi-coastal. So you're, you're familiar with uh, pretty large projects. Are they, are they all challenging? Uh, no. I would say they're not all challenging. I mean, each project represents its own nuances when it comes to, to how you're going to getting them built. Uh, we always discuss that w- with clients who say, can you give us a ballpark? And we say, sure, I can give you a ballpark on pricing. However, every project has its own unique characteristics. Um, there are some projects that are, are, are much more simplistic than others. I mean, we have a couple of projects in North Carolina that we're about to take on that are in large sod farms and, and open uh, farm fields. So there's not a lot to do from a site perspective there. Um, and you kind of counterbalance that with something that may go on in Vermont or New Hampshire or Massachusetts now, where it's more of a treed or wooded environment. So it requires site clearing and roads to be built in and, and uh, a lot more grading on those sites. All right. And if you'd allow me, I'd like to ask uh, one more question about the ITC and what you see happening uh, in the solar industry in the Northeast uh, or even just all along the East Coast in 2017. Well, you know, everybody asks us that same question about whether we see a viable solar market in, in, in 2017. And, you know, we answer that question by saying, yes, we are confident that the solar market will continue uh, with some sort of ITC, whether it drops to the 10% uh, or there's some sort of grandfathering in. But even beyond that, solar pricing is coming down. Uh, each market that opens up today up and along the East Coast is, is presenting itself with a, a tremendous amount of opportunity, even in a post-ITC marketplace. So we're seeing a reduction of, of costs. While panels have kind of stopped coming down, there's been cost reductions in other components of the system, in, in racking and inverters. Uh, labor costs are coming down. Um, we believe that that the market will be very viable in a post-ITC world. So we have a lot to look forward to. Absolutely. All right. Well, Rich Cooper, President and CEO of ProTech Energy Solutions, thank you so much for spending some time with me today to discuss all of this uh, uh, great information about uh, tough projects. Thank you, Steve. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening to this edition of Solar Speaks. I'm Stephen Bushong, Associate Editor of Solar Power World Magazine. 